Pass goes off of Amadio. Knights get it. Eichel down the middle alone. Slides it into the goal. Jack Eichel. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Still in the zone. Theodore, one-timer, wide right. Rebound, walk. He scores. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team. Exclusive player interviews and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, Wallace Millard inside T-Mobile Arena getting ready for Vegas and Nashville. Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... I like the way you try and surprise him now. Like just pause and then home of the... Yeah, I try to I try to have the beats off a little bit every now and again just to see if he's paying attention. Just to keep him on his toes. Maybe yeah. he's not uh, right there with you. He's researching something, Such a which quick has season. happened. Such uh, a it's flown by. Oh, this just, season. just flown yeah. by. You're still on that. Yeah, eh? I am still. You're on not very that. happy with him on, on that. Eh, not really. It's okay though. Chris Chapman yesterday saying, "Has anybody else just felt like the season's flown by?" And I'm thinking in the back of my head, well, it's been a record-setting year for injuries, mm-hmm. the stops and the starts. Yep. So we go to the Olympics or we not go to the Olympics. There's been all this stuff happening. Uh, they're fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, this is such an unusual situation for the Golden Knights and their fan base. Uh, now uh, two rookie goaltenders uh, going tonight uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, uh, this is uh, usually when, when things fly by, it's smooth sailing, <laughs> like the water's glass, and there's just a touch of breeze, and you can tack back and forth. Uh, not choppy waves, uh, water pouring over the side of the boat, and you're putting down the sail because you're afraid that the it, it, the spinnaker may just rip off. That That's what it feels like. That, not smooth sailing, but uh, I digress. The uh, Vegas Golden Knights up against the Nashville Predators tonight. Uh, we've got a team that uh, in the Vegas Golden Knights who are just outside the playoff position. And uh, a club that has been sort of uh, fits and starts so far this year. And uh, along with Dallas, might be the most unpredictable team in the, in the Western Conference. If you would uh, look at the the Nashville Predators and say, "Do I want to play them?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and then five minutes later, do you want to play the Nashville Predators? Hell no, <laughs> I don't want to play the Nashville Predators. They're really unpredictable, but they've got a great goaltender. Unusual situation. They have a defenseman that leads their team in scoring in Roman Yossi, who's a, a Norris Trophy winner, but is having a better season mm-hmm. now than when he won the Norris Trophy. So there's a lot going on tonight, and uh, nobody scored more goals in March than the, than the Nashville Predators, so uh, they got to keep uh, an eye on that. But there's good news for the Vegas Golden Knights. Evgeny Dodonov, after this whirlwind crazy week uh, for uh, the forward, is going to be back in the lineup tonight. Uh, Pete DeBoer uh, talked about it at his morning session. We'll get to that in hour number two. Just some comments about how he handles things and why uh, Dodonov might be in a position to really thrive mm-hmm. uh, going into uh, tonight. And uh, we will also uh, get into... Uh, some Max Pacioretty conversation. He was on the ice today mm-hmm. with the full group taking the morning skate and is listed as a game-time decision. When Now, there's always that that possibility that you might not play, mm-hmm. and, and that's why Pete makes sure that he lets us know that it's a game-time decision. We'll see after he, he tests it out.
And if there's no setbacks, uh, then he'll be in. So the, the possibility that does exist. The Donov's in for sure, and you may get a second winger uh, in the lineup. And after being blank the last couple of games, Ryan, this is welcome news. 100% welcome news. And, you know, e- even if it's if it's just inserting Evgeny Dodonov back into the lineup, a guy that before the trade deadline had scored three goals in two games, five in his last seven games played, uh, he was on one of those streaky runs that we've seen out of him as a Vegas Golden Knight and, and what we've seen out of his career. So y- your hope is that if you get into this game, you get uh, Dodonov back into the lineup, into the fold for the Golden Knights. You hope that he picks up right where he left off because uh, we all know the Golden Knights need an injection of offense. They need someone to put the puck in the back of the net. And right now, Evgeny Dodonov coming back gives you that, at least in part. And then if you're able to get Max Pacioretty back in the lineup, that gives you two guys. It gives you more threat to score, and it makes you a little bit deeper at the top end of your talent pool. And I think that that's important for Vegas against a very, very um, solid Nashville Predators team that's clicking on all cylinders right now. Two of your top four goal scorers. Yeah, 100%. And and that's, I mean, kind of gives you an idea, right, of, of how prolific Max Pacioretty's been this year when he's been in the lineup and how prolific his, his run earlier on this year was that he is among the top four goal scorers on this team having played as few games as he has. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about massive production for this Golden Knights team potentially being inserted back into the lineup. And when you when you go over two games in a row, you'll take anything you can get here. Uh, Dodonov uh, going back in, you, you've got a feeling. Some spotty senses. <laughs> yeah, of course I do. Come on. Are tingling for you right now. Explain, explain to everybody what you've been talking to Chapman about. What I've been talking to Chapman about? I, this has nothing to do with Chris Chapman. This has everything to do with me and my decision that Evgeny Dodonov is going to be the knight to shine of all knights to shine. I, I look at this game, and I look at it as a, as a great opportunity for a player who really was dialed in prior to the trade deadline, coming back and having himself a whale of a game. I, I am calling it right now. I'm going to call it on the pregame show. We're going to have some fun with it today. Uh, and I also threw it out to Twitter. And quite frankly, it's unanimous. Everyone's night to shine tonight is Evgeny Dodonov. And it's not an un, it's not a unique prediction here, but I'm calling it an Evgeny Dodonov hat trick. Come on. I can't wait for his first shift. It's going to be I think, great. I think there's going to be yeah. a, a, like a, an ovation for him. Uh, a, a, real, yeah. a real movement in the crowd yeah. for Dodonov uh, to be back in the fold and playing uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. What a bizarre week for him. <laughs> and his his season high for ice time was early on. Remember when he made the great play in Dallas off that road trip where they flew in the day of the game yeah. uh, off the, the victory in Denver? That was his season high for ice time, 21 and change. I, I wonder whether he goes above that. No, his, his run lately, and you mentioned the five goals o- over the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. it's, it's occurred in the... 13 to 16 minute range yeah so he's he's made a lot uh, happen there he's in the in the bumper spot in the power play so he's he's produced some some points on that side of it but given where they are uh, and uh, he is everybody else's that's going uh, is playing three games in four nights here he's fresh mm-hmm. uh, I, I wonder whether or not we'll see uh, the dawn of creep up to that 20 minute mark or or maybe a, a little bit above wouldn't be surprised um, 
because again, you're you're looking for a goal. You're looking for some offense. You're looking for uh, players that are going to move the needle in that regard for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, you know, you look at kind of keys here tonight. Uh, have to score first. I, I think that that's going to be massive for Vegas if they can find a way to score early and score first, not chase the game. That's going to be important. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you know if you're Pete DeBoer and, and you're looking at that back-to-back situation in Minnesota and Winnipeg where you were chasing the entire time, uh, you give a guy that's got fresh legs in Evgeny Dodonov as much ice time as he as you can, assuming he's playing well, and I see no reason to believe he won't be. And and put it on the player's plate. Well, it's been, it's been a crazy couple of days, and at one point you were considered to be outside the organization. Sure. You were traded. Yep. Uh, it was accepted by Central Registry. Drink. And Still doing now that, huh? you're back, you're playing, throw it on the player's shoulder yeah. and let let him put the backpack over his right shoulder and just run with it and, and see if you can catch lightning in a bottle. I think Dodonov's going to have a great game. I think the response is there. And I also think that the players in that room are going to have a good game around him. Like, I think that this is one of those one of those scenarios where you can use that as a spark, right? Like, you've got everyone in that room wanting to do the same thing. Everybody wants to win this game, but I think everyone wants Evgeny Dodonov to be great, and everyone wants him to, to be one of those players that, you know, first, second, third star of the game, he has himself a night for this franchise. It would be awesome, and I think the player's equal to the task. He, he, when the Golden Knights came back home, off of that five-game road trip where nothing went, went right and they went over. The two games back home against Florida and against L.A., you can make the argument that Evgeny Dodonov was this team's best player. He took it upon himself to find ways to get into the middle of the ice and score big goals for this club. I, I think that there's, there's an element to that tonight for Dodonov. I think he's going to be great. 62 games played. That's uh, tied with Theodore and Waugh for third most on the Vegas Golden Knights uh, this year. So he's been durable, has those five goals. Ten of his 15 goals have come at home. So there you go. And they've been better at home. Mm -hmm. They've won their last three uh, on this surface. And now uh, when you look at the home road comparison, they have a better record at home than they did on the road. And for a long stretch of this season, it was uh, it was flipped in in that department. Uh, he's three games played from uh, from 400. So tonight is 398 for his career, and looks like he's going to do it in a Golden Knight uniform. I I also think that there's something else at play uh, with this because Pete DeBoer has had him before, mm -hmm. knows the player mm -hmm. very well. You'll hear from Pete DeBoer in hour number two, and having that experience with Evgeny and being able to read him a, a little bit more having gone through uh, the events of this week is is also a real plus in how to utilize the player. Maybe, maybe Pete totally backs off and, and only plays him 13 minutes uh, because that's that's the way it goes. Or he, he, he says, basically challenges him or gives him the ice time as a, as a challenge and do something, show everybody. Because there's got to be that chip on the shoulder in the sense, not not mad about the trade because teams make trades all the time, mm -hmm. uh, but just to show everybody what, uh, what, what his game is at and that they could really use him uh, down the stretch. Uh, he's, for everything that's gone on, it's water under the bridge, yeah. and Vegas needs 
Dodonov to play the way Dodonov was before the trade deadline day? Well, we don't, again, we understand at least conceptually that if the Golden Knights were looking to move salary out, which is what that trade was designed to do, um, that there are likely players that, that might be getting closer to, to being able to play. There are likely players, uh, perhaps on LTIR, that are mm. closer to, to being able to play. However, when you look at kind of the nuts and bolts, when you look at what it would have been coming out, what would have been coming back with John Moore's contract, you're looking at about $3.5 million here. So what you need out of Evgeny Dodonov... Well, the LTIR of Kessler was huge sure, to, sure. to give them extra room. But when you, when you look at it just from, from a Dodonov and a, and a John Moore situation... You need Evgeny Dodonov to be $3.5 million of value right now down the stretch. And if that factors into goals, if that factors into a big game tonight and just getting you right back in column, whatever the case may be, my argument right now is to this team and battling the injuries that they've been battling and all the unknowns still about who is or isn't going to play over the final 16 games, the value of, for Evgeny Dodonov and this team right now is him on the ice contributing and playing big-time minutes. I don't know whether the hockey gods are having some fun with it <laughs> or not, but this has been just an injury-ravaged season for the Golden Knights. And now you've got this twist with Dodonov being traded and now back. And does it set does it set Dodonov up for one of those big, like Matthias Janmark with the playoff hat trick? Something along that line, where you go out and you do something just exceptionally special, hmm. and maybe the hockey gods are just just setting us up for for that kind of different outlook uh, on the on the season or and for this little stretch drive. Also, want to acknowledge that it's Pete DeBoer's one thousandth game coaching yeah. in the National Hockey League tonight. I don't know whether he expected it to be in this scenario, <laughs> battling for his playoff life. And going with two rookie goaltenders as his tandem tonight, and we'll get into that uh, with Yuri Patera scheduled to back up Logan Thompson. And gives us a little bit more insight uh, that it wasn't just Logan Thompson's play that was keeping him in the net, uh, but there were some other factors with Laurent Brassois' health uh, playing into it. But this is a this is a coach. He's I mean, he's leaning on 999 NHL games experience mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. Yeah, of course, you have to. And it, this has been one of those test-your-patience type of seasons for the Vegas Golden Knights and, and for Pete DeBoer. And through it all, uh, I think he's done a heck of a job coaching this club because when you look at the number of players that have been out, when you look at how long they've been out and various stretches and what the Golden Knights have had to do on a nightly basis with, with their roster and who's played and how many players have debuted – and going 13 deep on defense and going now to your third and fourth string goaltenders um, with 16 games left and in a playoff spot or in a playoff race, the fact that you're here fighting for your playoff lives is exceptional. It really is. It, when you take everything on the whole that the Golden Knights have had to deal with from injuries and COVID and everything, um, it, it speaks to the job Pete DeBoer has done to have them in a position to threaten this late for the playoffs given how much they've had to fight through from an adversity standpoint. Uh, Pete's looking at his lineup saying, we, we need some goals. We need uh, to press the right buttons. Uh, he His media conference last week 
and, I, and I'm, I'll probably go back to this mm. over and over and over again. But he said that the head coach's job is to the agenda with the energy and the attitude mm-hmm. uh, throughout this. And and they, I didn't mind their game against Minnesota because that was a, a lineup that was so different than what we expected. And players coming in in the middle of warm-up and getting dressed and going out and playing and being right in that game, like lose, basically losing 2-0, 3-0 uh, game with the, with the empty netter, uh, you got every ounce of effort out of that group. And that was uh, that was positive. The, the game in Winnipeg, you controlled the game. I didn't allow a shot again for the first 12, 13 minutes of the game. 15. I, I don't know what you could do uh, more than that other than, like, put the puck in the net. But, but everything else was, was very solid. If, if you take those two games and put them back to the, the two games that they won here, uh, against the Florida Panthers and the Los Angeles Kings, mm-hmm. you played four pretty good hockey games in a row for this team. You're, you're 500 over that stretch. Yeah, but I think uh, what Pete said about attitude and the energy—they—they've uh, been in a good spot despite uh, the obvious distractions and, and turmoil. Yeah, I mean, I—I I think you know, the Golden Knights haven't played poorly, but right now you're in that that part of the season where um you know we've we've talked about the process i've been one of the one of the ones to to really belabor the topic of of the process it doesn't matter if you don't win right and and i think it matters within the room it matters to the players like obviously you've got to go out there you've got to try to play a strong and solid 60 minute game i liked parts of their game against minnesota i really liked parts of their game against winnipeg but when it came down to it they didn't execute, and, and right now the margin for error is so, so slim for the Golden Knights that when you have a game where over the first 20 minutes you hold a team to zero shots for 15 and you're out shooting them 17-4 to four at the end of the first period, you've got to have a one or a two on your ledger by the end of that first period, and that's really going to be the challenge now for the Golden Knights who are getting some help in the scoring department back into the lineup They've got to find a way. If they have another period like they did to open up the Winnipeg game, if they have that here against Nashville, they've got to find a couple of goals. Nashville's coming off a humbling experience uh, the other night in which they got routed very soundly by the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, Nashville at 78 points. They are the first wildcard team mm-hmm. tied with Minnesota Wild mm-hmm. for third in the in the central. They yep. will jockey back and forth. But when you're looking at the playoff race right now, the Golden Knights are six points back of the first wild card. Mm-hmm. They are one point back of the second wild card. Yep. But they're within reach of Edmonton, three points back of a top three position in the in the Pacific Division and six points back of Los Angeles. That, uh, I don't know which they're chasing. They're chasing them all, mm-hmm. really. Yep. Is, is, I've, I've heard it said that they're, the route to the playoffs for the Golden Knights is through the Pacific. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know whether that's that's accurate or not, given that their closest reach to a postseason berth mm-hmm. is, in fact, the wild card. Dallas has games in hand. Yeah. Yeah. We keep going, going to that, but like, look—you've gone through the Golden Knights schedule. Mm-hmm. There's two 
two gaps where they have three days off. Two. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, you can't squeeze any games in there. <laughs> no. Right? Yeah. No, you can't. Okay. Now imagine, look at Dallas. Yep. The games in hand. What are they? I haven't looked at their schedule, but knowing what the Golden Knights' final three and a half weeks is, the Dallas Stars' schedule is going to be frantic. So games in hand is going is is nice, but when it's jammed up, and who knows injuries, road trips, all that uh, going into it. I don't. I don't think the games in hand mean as as much. If if they had a, a long stretch and it was spaced out yeah. and they had all kinds of time, yeah, that that's one thing. But I, I'm just looking at what Vegas has, and Dallas can't have a, a very uh, leisurely schedule coming down the stretch. They don't, and you know, obviously, there's a two day window for Dallas at the end of this month. So they have the 27th and the 28th off. Uh, they will play on uh, Saturday. or They play tonight. They play Saturday. Um, and then they'll play Tuesday and mm-hmm. Thursday to round out March. And then they've got 16 games in the month of April, including two weeks where they play four games uh, in a week. So four games That's in seven vicious. days. That's eight, eight games in 14 days. Uh, actually, no. Just let's just say that they've got three weeks straight where they play four games in a week. So, so Calgary went through something similar just recently. Yeah, and and they ripped it up. Yeah, they were great in it. They yeah. they played five games in seven nights, and somehow they came out of it smelling like a rose, which is fitting because it's wild rose country in Alberta. <laughs> That's the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. If if Dallas can get on some kind of roll, well. You've got momentum, yeah. much to Ed Graney's chagrin uh, in not <laughs> believing in momentum. But if you get on the sideways part of that, mm-hmm. these, that's why I'm, the games in hand look great, but not in this type of schedule. And I will say you've got Toronto, Tampa, Minnesota, and Calgary all on the schedule for the Dallas Stars in the month of April, uh, including a back-to-back Edmonton and Calgary um, to round out one of those uh, four-day we- uh, four weeks or four-game weeks for the Dallas Stars. So their schedule is brutal. It all It is also filled with the likes of San Jose and Seattle and Chicago um, a couple of times, twice San Jose, twice Seattle. So there are certainly games that should be freebies for, say, the Dallas Stars, but uh, – what the Golden Knights have gone through essentially here in the month of March, where Vegas played 15 games in the month of March, uh, you're getting that for Dallas down the stretch in April. And, you know, again, I, I, I tend to believe that, that the path for the Golden Knights is clearest in the Pacific Division. And the reason that I'm going to frame it that way, and, and I'm not even necessarily looking at the Edmonton Oilers, though we all know how I feel about Edmonton, their goaltending all, and everything else. Um, when the Golden Knights beat L.A., here last week and that that lead for the kings was just four points over the vegas golden knights and you had a couple of games on the road and you were feeling good about where your game was at i felt like if vegas could have done some damage on the road they would have dialed up the pressure on the la kings and this is a depleted kings team right now that's the part right they're they're, they're so beat up and that's the thing they got two defensemen from their season opening game in the lineup sounds like the golden knights yep right like but but the Golden Knights have been dealing with it all year long. The LA Kings, this is new. And when you're 
in the heat of this, and you might be without Drew Doughty for the rest of the season, you can dial the pressure up on the LA Kings. That's where I see the path for the Golden Knights, but there are multiple paths. You just have to start winning some hockey games. Well, this is a huge night because Vancouver plays Minnesota. You've got Chicago against LA. Edmonton hosts San Jose. Mm -hmm. And Dallas is in Carolina. Yeah. That's a big night in the in the Western Conference and the chase for the wild card spot. And Vegas goes into their game against the Nashville Predators with Logan Thompson set to make his fifth consecutive start. Yep. And Yuri Patera will back him up mm -hmm. because Laurent Brossois has been battling something and is now unavailable. He was he was okay to back up, mm -hmm. but they didn't want to start him. And now it's reached the point where they're going to back off him, mm -hmm. try and get him healthy. Yeah. But, I mean, with six, 16 games left, mm -hmm. your number one and your number two goaltenders are out. Yeah. So you're going to – Vegas, and I don't know, Pete said today, um, and talking about uh, availability, yeah. that, that Leonard was closer than, say, a Stone. Mm-hmm. A Mark Stone. That's that's positive. Sure. But I don't know what close is anymore. And I don't know what Brassois, <laughs> if, if if he was okay to back up, mm -hmm. that's encouraging. They're going to back off uh, on, on that part. But you've got two rookie goalies mm -hmm. to play tonight, potentially Saturday. Yeah. And then who knows? Hopefully somebody's back next week. That's a that's a steep climb. I don't care who you are. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, the the silver lining, I suppose, if you're going to look at it that way, is uh, obviously this is going to be a big game, a tough test in the Nashville Predators. Uh, but you do have Chicago and Seattle. Like those are the next two games after that. So if mm -hmm. if you're if you're in a position where say it's not until middle of next week that you get either Robin Leonard or Loren Brossois back into the fold. Um, the way that Logan Thompson has played, at least you have a lot of confidence in his ability to do his job, which is give you a chance to win every single night. Every start that Logan Thompson has had over the last four, he has given this team a chance to win. Um, and that's what you're looking for tonight from Logan Thompson once again. And his confidence factor. It's growing. But I don't think it's ever dipped. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's a good point. No, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. At, at times, I'd be like, "Hey, tap the brakes a bit." Nah, nah, don't but, do that. But in, in this scenario, mm. like, there's there's two parts. When when you're you're a goaltender in the system and and you're trying to make your way up the ladder, uh, you want everything right now. Yeah. And I think Logan's got a lot of that in his in his DNA. Last year. Best goaltender in the American Hockey League. Mm -hmm. He wanted it all mm -hmm. this year. Yep. NHL, back up, Robin Leonard, boom. And they signed Laurent Brassois, and he had to bide his time. Yep. But what last year did was prove that he was going to get an opportunity. When he got the opportunity, he played pretty well. His, his debut against these Nash Nashville Predators uh, won his first uh, uh, game against the, the San Jose Sharks. Right now he's... You know, Three and four in in his seven decisions, he he's been great. Now's not nobody's saying tap the brakes now. Maybe in the summer, but now it's you are. There's some some 
mental uh, bulking up going on to a, to a guy who's very confident. You are the guy. Mm-hmm. You are going to start potentially every game we play till the end of the year <laughs> until somebody else comes back. Yeah. And we yeah. need you to play, and you've done an amazing job right now. Yeah. And, and Logan has that in him, that self-confidence in him, which is the perfect attitude to have. Sometimes I, I, I know of guys in, in different situations where uh, it's worked against them because they want, they want it so fast and so soon, and they don't get it, and it, it becomes discouraging. Not right now. Mm. You feed that beast right now with Logan Thompson. Yeah, yeah, you do. And and you hope that it it's enough in the interim to, to keep you yep. afloat, to keep you moving in the right direction, to give you some momentum. And, you know, I, again, I would argue that, that based on the way Logan Thompson played, the Golden Knights had a chance to get points, if not win, all four of the last four games that they played. They got the points against Florida. They got the points against L.A., and the offense did them in against Minnesota and Winnipeg. But it hasn't been a lack of goaltending. It hasn't been a lack of of, of missing anything in that regard or or that aspect of the game. Now it's time for the Golden Knights offense to to lift Logan Thompson to a win uh, and and reward the play that he's given you over the last four. They've scored five in each of their last two games at the Fortress. Yes. With a similar lineup that we'll see tonight. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm saying they're scoring at least three. So that's that's positive. Uh, then you go look at the road trip, and, well, it didn't matter who played. Who played in those games. Mm-hmm. But Logan's saying, give me a couple. Please. And let, let me do my job. Yeah. If you give me a couple, let's go to work here. Yep. But need some help. And... Hopefully they can they can get that done. Although it's going to go against a, a team that uh, is in a really unique spot, and they were one of those clubs that everybody was watching leading up to the National Hockey League trade deadline because they have one of the great players uh, in the NHL this year, and he is an unrestricted free agent. And we'll tell you what happened with Philip Forsberg as we continue. It's the VGK Insider Show live from Section 104 at T-Mobile looking ahead of the Predators and the Vegas Golden Knights on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Vegas Golden Knights return home. Try to turn things back up. They were great here last weekend. Uh, scored five goals against the Florida Panthers and then equaled that amount uh, in a victory against the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, that was huge. So some of that home-cooking mojo against the Nashville Predators, and they'll need that uh, because the Predators lead the National Hockey League in goals scored in March, and Vegas Vegas is down because they, they've been shut out a, a couple of times. And a big part of the, the Nashville Predator goal production is Philip Forsberg. Mm. He's got 35. Mm. and Not bad. Yeah, and, and he was good when they, they rolled through here earlier this season. Uh-huh, yeah. But his most recent run, he has goals in six of his last eight games. So, okay, like, you're not wrong in that, like, Philip Forsberg's production has been ridiculous, and, and he's finding the back of the net, and, you know, you, you got 30, 35 goals on the year. Um Philip Forsberg is doing everything you want him to do, need him to do uh, for this club. And yet, 
for me, it still kind of pales into comparis- in comparison to what Roman Yossi is doing right now in the month of March. An 11-game point streak. He's over two yeah. points a game in those 11. He's got 25 points in 11 games. That's astronomical, um, and it just kind of sheds the insight into how special of a player Roman Yossi is for this Nashville Predators team. But the, the Nashville Predators had the big decision with mm-hmm. Forsberg. They did. Unrestricted free agent. Yep. They've talked contract with him a couple of different times. Mm-hmm. There's been no panic in David Poyle, the general manager of the Nashville Predators. Yeah. And he's just kind of gone about his business. Did not trade Philip Forsberg at the deadline to try and retain and acquire assets in case that he, he leaves. Okay. They've rolled the dice on this. Poyle seems to indicate that there's a deal workable in there somewhere uh, for for them to, to get it done. But you also look, like, if you're the, the first wild card team, pseudo-tied for, for third place in your division, mm-hmm. you've, had, you've had a good season. But you take 35 goals out of your lineup yep. from one player, yep. that ties an arm around your back. So does David Poyle say, we've got a shot at this? Yeah, Mm -hmm. because they need to get something going back in the right direction uh, with Nashville, and they do have that. Uh, They've kind of turned a page from uh, the the previous era or regime, and they're starting to get some production out of the the new guys that they've signed. And they're a team with Philip Forsberg that can make some noise. They, They go on these runs. Yeah. The Nashville Predators. Yeah. And then they dip. Mm-hmm. And if, if they can time it right or it works out properly, Nashville Predators could easily go to a second or third round. It, it wouldn't be that unexpected for, for the Nashville Predators. But they would need and will need the 35-slash-40 goals, mm-hmm. 45 goals uh, from Philip Forsberg in the lineup. And that's where – Yossi's – you're right. Yossi's having – Norris Trophy yeah. type season, yeah, but they don't, they aren't where they are right now without Philip Forsberg. No, I agree with you. You got to have guys put the puck in the back of the net, and, and, and that's, that's why that's they what, didn't trade him. And that's what Philip Forsberg is doing now. I have very differing viewpoints on on what teams should do with expiring contracts when it comes to. Um, the trade deadline based on whether or not I think you're going to legitimately win the Stanley Cup or not. I don't view, even though I've been impressed this year with Nashville, I don't view them as a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. So if I were David Poyle, I would have liked to have had that contract worked out. If there's an extension that is workable in there, I would have liked that to have been done at the deadline so that I know that there's not this this dangling bit of business that needs to be addressed uh, as the season wears down and into the offseason. But I also think that, you know, David Poyle's shown a penchant for not being afraid to make big-time deals and not being afraid uh, to, to go out there and swing for the fences. And I think the, the idea of keeping Forsberg because you believe in what you've got right now, using him as your own rental, if you want to call it that, whatever the case may be, that's David Poyle kind of going out there on a limb and believing and trusting in his team because, you know, sometimes it's not so much about what you bring in but what you don't subtract that sends the right message to your team. And I think not moving Philip Forsberg sends the message to this team that the belief is in the room. You can go out there and you can win. So who's better than Nashville in the Central? Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. 
Is St. Louis that much better than no. Nashville? Not no. not discernibly. And Minnesota? Not discernibly. We'll see what Minnesota puts together with the four acquisitions sure. that they brought into the trade deadline. Yep. Now now go to the other side. Calgary? I like Calgary. Mm-hmm. I I take Calgary over Nashville, but I see that as as a smaller, much smaller gap than Colorado. Mm-hmm. And then Edmonton, L.A., and uh, Vegas uh, being right in there. Right now, it's even or in favor of the Nashville Predators. Yeah. I, I love going for it and taking a chance at this and being able to, to stretch. And you know what that town's like. They, they get confidence. Oh, yeah. They just go yeah. uh, all in, like, like what, what Vegas does. And, and the, the, the crowd is insane, and that becomes uh, such a motivating factor. I, holding on to that asset, and you've got a chance to sign them, and the conversations sound like they've been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like what, what Nashville has done in trying to go for it. Now, Yossi is their MVP, mm-hmm. and they have a great player in Forsberg, and they have a world-class goaltender in UC Soros. But Roman Yossi, who won the Norris Trophy in 1920, not 1920. <laughs> He's not that old. He's a veteran player. But in 2019, 2020, oh, it just stuff. sounded funny good, good that, stuff, I, that, I had to, that I had to stop and, yep. and pause. Uh, Confused he, everybody. He, he, I know. that well, As soon as I said I'm like, what the? Um, so he, he won it a couple of years ago mm-hmm. with 65 points in 69 games. Yeah. Yeah. 65 points in 69 games. I repeat that because right now, he has 78 points and a pretty significant amount of runway left. Mm-hmm. Can Roman Yossi possibly get close to 100 points as a defenseman? He's going to close in on it. If he, if he has any chance of kind of continuing what he's been doing lately, yeah, uh, absolutely. Again, I mentioned uh, 25 points in his last 11 games played for Roman Yossi. If you want context, uh, kind of based on that stretch in those 11 games, that would put Roman Yossi ninth in scoring on this Golden Knights club. He would be ninth. He would have uh, just, he has, just with those 11 just games. Just with those 11 games. In those 11 games, that 25 points, that would slot just behind Evgeny Dodonov and just ahead of William Carlson for the entire year. So he's on his big run right now. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe it cools off. Maybe he doesn't get to, to 95 or 100. I want to see nine. I want to see 100. Oh, I, 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 I'm, I'm all in for 100 points like from a 20, blue liner. 22 points over his last 20 games. Like he's just got to be a, a point-a-game guy. Ish, somewhere in there. Yeah. A little, little more than a point a game. I think it's you, possible. You cannot leave him outside of a trophy this year. Like He, he yeah. has to walk off with the Norris Trophy. When you compare what he did in 2019 and 20 yeah. and won the Norris Trophy to what he's doing right now, like we love, we <laughs> drool all over Kale McCarr. Yoshi's better right now. And... Just one note. The Nashville Predators traded his partner last summer. Yeah. To the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. A part of the, the, the Cody Glass deal. Mm-hmm. They broke up that pairing, <laughs> and he still come back. Yes. And had a had a career year. 
No, I, those, I, those numbers of like where you put him, where where he would be with the Vegas Golden Knights. So he's say that again. How many how many points in his last eleven games? So he's got twenty five points in his last eleven okay. games, and that would put him ninth in overall scoring on the Vegas Golden Knights. He would be just behind Evgeny Dodonov, at who has twenty seven points, and just ahead of William Carlson, who has twenty two points. Eleven games. The Golden Knights in their last eleven games have scored twenty eight goals, <laughs> and and Yossi has has, has twenty five points. Yeah, but, and and I'm not I'm not doing that to to poke fun or, or no. be a smartass. That that's how amazingly productive he's been. And they're and Connor again, McDavid numbers. Again, the Nashville Predators have scored the most goals in the NHL in the month of March. Yeah, so they're in a heater. Yeah, heater offensively, and that's even with getting drilled by LA the other night. Uh, awesome <laughs> stuff. Awesome stuff by Roman Yossi. Great. Uh, Great inside the numbers there uh, from Ryan Wallace. Just really cool what they're being able to do. And these aren't your these aren't your daddy's Nashville Predators anymore. They can get up and down the ice. Yeah, you know they're they're a team that that intrigues me in a lot of different ways because for a couple of years now I I've been trying to understand and figure out what the Nashville Predators are. Right now they are a team that that plays the right way and they've got world players, especially on the blue line in Roman Yossi. They've got a great goaltender who's given them everything they need to win games. And you've got the the, the renaissance, the resurgence of Matt Duchesne and, and Ryan Johansson. Now you've got Philip Forsberg kind of putting it all together uh, as, as you'd hope he would, as you'd expect he would. Um, get in. See what happens. Who knows? I talked to uh, John Hines, their coach, on the, on the trip podcast. Yeah. Well, maybe a month and a half, two months ago. Yeah, I, I, I was honest with him. I said, I, I, some nights I don't think you guys can be beat, and other nights I'm not sure you're a playoff team. So it's it, it's it would be really challenging for a team to go up against them. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he was great with it. Like he he didn't just hang up there or press the disconnect <laughs> button uh, from it because he he kind of goes he he sees his team the the, the highs yeah. and the lows yeah, yeah. Uh, with the runs. Uh, but uh, but they they go they go into playoff series as a wild card team. Mm. So you're facing a division winner there. Well, I mean they're they're going to face either Colorado or Calgary. Or right? Calgary. Like we we can we can safely say that that's likely what the first yeah. round's going to be for Nashville. I, that that's not a reward for either team. <laughs> no, that that's no, no that's the not. worst case scenario. Like Vegas gets in and they're healthy. That's a horrible break for whoever wins the division. If if Vegas is a wild card team, yeah, that's a horrible. If if Vegas is healthy, mm-hmm. and if you're playing the, and right now it's it's either Nashville or Minnesota yeah, for, for 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 the Calgary Flames uh, if they face that that matchup. You you think that'd be fun playing uh, the the Minnesota Wild who just bulked up mm-hmm. with some some pretty good sandpaper, yeah, and Kirill Kaprizov uh, or the Nashville Predators. It's awesome stuff. I, I love it. Uh, we're going to take a break when we continue the play of the day. We have uh, our number two, some sound coming from Pete DeBoer on what to expect uh, for his 1,000th game tonight and a little bit of uh, a reflection on his career. And uh, he'll also chat a little bit about uh, Evgeny Dodonov and what he's been through and just uh, what to expect from the winger. Uh, and we also have one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
No chance to shoot for Stevenson centered. Eichel scores! It's time for the play of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Play of the day. This one is a fun one coming in the game last night between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Buffalo Sabres. And it is Chris Letang tying the game late in the third period. He grew up uh, real good friends of Murray Bannerman's son, Dana, another fellow goaltender. Off the timeout. That's a heck of a career. Yep. Here's Crosby. Touched around. Stepping in front. They score! Just like they drew it up, it's Chris Letang on the power play, and it's tied at three. Letang moves in, but it's all about the face-off win and this... Obviously, the positioning, once you win or lose a face-off, and Latang buys some time, plays over the side, and Malkin changes the position on the power play. Malkin had been over towards the side, as you look at it right here, and instead, Rust was over there. Malkin was at the far side, and look at the reaction from Reardon. Uh, the boys on the bench just uh, celebrating that set play, and when it works, man, that is a magical time. I wonder if Todd Reardon comes up with that play or the coaching staff of the Pittsburgh Penguins, mm-hmm. or whether they just sit back and let the players do it. Like Crosby, li- listen to Pang talk about it. <laughs> hey, I am yeah. Malkin and Crosby switching yeah. off and yeah. Latang jumping in and doing his thing. There's a, there's a great old story. Do we have story time for Darren Millard here? Two seconds. Oh. You know what? I'll save it. There's a great story. Well, uh, this is story beautiful. Time. Well, now now we've got to save it. So yeah, okay. I, I, we, we've got story time coming up in hour number two because I want to hit the top of the clock about the St. Louis Blues and their power play. It's a beauty because it involves Brett Hall. Mm-hmm. All right, there, there's yep. there, it. It, it won't be fun for the for the uh, for the coaching staff. Coaching Brett Hall, yeah, but it's entertaining for the players. You don't have so, to sell it anymore. Everyone's ready. A little story time with Darren Miller coming up in hour number two, along with uh, you'll hear from Pete DeBoer talking about coaching 1,000 games. Tonight's a big milestone night for him, and uh, the goaltending situation all on the way. BGK Insider Show ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights and the Nashville Predators on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Love the music.